If you're some creepy dude just listening in to try to extract more pleasure from your wife, go away. This is not about exploitation. But if you're a husband or a wife who wants more physical intimacy and you're committed to the growth of the overall health of your marriage, then you're in the right spot. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey everybody, this is episode 110, and we're going to be talking about why you're not getting enough sex and what to do about it. Now, if that title smells of entitlement, don't worry. We're going to be talking about what you're not giving, Mm -hmm. not what you're not getting. So last week we gave you 10 surefire ways to make time for your marriage. For your crazy busy marriage. Yeah. And I think the good thing about that episode, it was really popular with, in terms of downloads is we're not asking you to stick more things in your schedule. We're saying with your existing schedule, here's how you can make more time for your marriage. Yeah. So if you missed that because you're too busy to listen, you should probably go back and listen to it. (laughs) Yeah. It'll help. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any shows coming down the pipe from Verlinda and I. Now, what I thought today, Verlinda, is we're going to give our listeners three short-term strategies and three long-term. So the short-term, that's like stuff you can do today, more tactical, long-term, more strategic. It's more about marriage building. Now, we're going to refer to genders through here, and I just want to acknowledge that it might stereotype a little bit, that typically men have higher desire than women. So yeah. And these studies, actually, a lot of them approached it in that sense as well. Although I did see a snippet of some very interesting research that I'm looking for more on. I only saw part of it. It says that for women, what's actually happening is that the desire follows arousal. But for men, the desire leads to arousal. Okay. And I don't have that in hand yet, but I've got it written down. We've got to come back to that because that's really interesting. Yeah. It just, to me, that says that there's a tension there, which is probably healthy, but it also requires a wife to be willing to be aroused and trust that the mm-hmm. desire will follow. Yeah. So while you're going to be talking about mainly to men about how they can increase. Yeah. If a woman has a higher desire than the man, it just goes the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. There's nothing, not all marriages are like this and there's nothing wrong with that either. So just okay. switch your genders around as you're listening, depending on who you are and your context. Does that work? Yep. All right. Okay, let's start with a more recent study. They looked at what factors had an impact on the sexual desire of women in long-term relationships. Now, out of all the things that they listed, there's two particularly relevant characteristics. And the first one was to display attentiveness to your spouse. Hmm. And when these women observed their spouses putting effort into the relationship, like into the marriage, it made them more likely to want to engage in sexual activity. That's good. And I think that's a great starting point. Like Mm -hmm. if your heart isn't in the marriage, Mr. Husband... Why do you expect your wife to have her heart in the sex? Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes I feel like we shouldn't have to say things this obvious, but sometimes we kind of need to check in or we just need exposed to our blind spots. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And really what these researchers are noting is that this care for the marriage itself was demonstrated through romantic or thoughtful gestures that happen outside of a sexual setting. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about it, right? You can light a candle in the bedroom and it's a hint that, you know, Whatever. Right. Why not light a candle at the supper table? Ooh, because your kids will probably blow it out. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's just, just imagine a couple but, without kids yet. Yeah. And you're not doing that as a sexual indicator. Like this is where we're going. You're doing yeah. that because you want to make that moment together. Special. Right. Ooh, and this is what yeah. we're, we're kind of calling our audience towards. Yeah. 
And, you know, on that note, like this basic idea of romancing your wife, I've had wives tell me they just feel like he needs me in the kitchen and in the bedroom. That is terrible. Yeah, it sucks. That is like, I am a tool. Yeah. Please use me. And you wonder why she's not interested in sex. Yeah. So when you extend romantic gestures outside of a sexual context and you do so without any expectation of sexual activity, that tells your spouse that you appreciate them as a person, mm-hmm. not just a sexual possibility or object, right? Yeah. So if you only warm up that romance when you're trying to get her sexual engine going, you're basically just objectifying your wife. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this study has some great quotes from the women that they spoke to, and these aren't Christian marriages, so they don't represent the values that we hold. But in the context of a romantic relationship, it's worth listening to what these women are saying. So I'll share a few of them with you. First one is from Jill, 28 years old. When it comes down to it, when you're hopping into bed at night and there's been no romance throughout the day, for me, I'm like, back off. You can't just expect that right away. Mm -hmm. So that illustrates that, right? Yeah, makes sense. Another woman suggested that if her spouse took her out to dinner, this would increase her desire afterwards instead of just proposing sexual activity when they were in bed together. And here was the quote from Carly, 21 years old. It shows that he's planned something or they put thought into what's going on instead of just rolling over in bed and saying, hey, what's going on? Like, it just feels like there's more thought being put into it. And that's what I appreciate more. Right. That's her quote. Yeah. I mean, going to that, though, like, you don't have to take your spouse out to dinner to get sex. No. But it's more the fact of putting some thought into it and showing that you desire her before you get in bed. Yes. Like, I'm willing to spend one-on-one alone time with you apart from sex. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm willing to put down the remote or the TV or whatever. You put carry down the that. TV. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I, for people that don't have the money, they're probably sitting there going, I can't afford to take my wife out for dinner every time I want sex. Right. I see. Yeah, fair enough. So I think it's more the thought here than the actual, like, yes. go out for dinner. Yep. Anyways, go on. Well, that ties to the next thing. Like some women acknowledge that they liked it when their spouse put effort into the relationship, but they didn't experience it as often as they would like the effort is what I'm referring to. So one woman indicated her desire would increase when he took time to do something romantic, although this was infrequent. And here's what she said. There are specific things he can do to put me in the mood. Like sometimes he'll cook me a really nice dinner and he'll do something really cheesy romantic, which he doesn't do often, you know? Like he'll light some candles or he'll dim the lights in the bedroom and have the bedroom all set up or something. That's just Natasha 29. Mm-hmm. So it's just like he's putting thought into it. Yes. Even when they are heading towards sexual activity, rather than just, we're here, let's do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need my gratification. Yeah. And so this kind of ties in a little bit to the idea of sexual scripts, which is we all kind of have this little routine that we go through that helps clue each other in. It's there. You mm-hmm. might not realize it. Helps clue each other in that we're headed somewhere tonight, right? Okay. Often. And people do this. These, they have these sexual scripts because they provide a sense of predictability and they kind of tell you how you should feel and behave and what you should expect from your spouse. Like it's a little clue as to what's going on here. Yeah. And where am I going with this? It's good to have these scripts. Okay. They're fine, but... Maybe you need to work on your script. Yes, you might need to work on your script, but your relationship overall kind of needs to be a script too in the sense of your... You're writing a story of your investment in your spouse and your love. And the script shouldn't start once you're in bed. And you don't have to have sex at the end of every chapter either. I mean, you could, but. (laughs) (laughs) So in plain English, like setting the stage helps both spouses understand where things are headed. It makes things predictable. Rather than just be a surprise out of the blue. Okay. Yeah. 
I got that. But the part here that is most critical, which I'm really trying to drive home, is the idea of being invested in the relationship for the sake of the relationship, not just for the sake of sex. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, that's why people use prostitution. They want sex without a relationship. But it doesn't fill that deeper, more important need of like the whole person connection, the, mm-hmm. the relationship. So focus on the relationship. And that's, I think, what makes marriage sex the best sex is that you're building intimacy with the whole person. That's good. Okay, so the next tactic goes hand in hand with this, which is to engage in intimate communication with your spouse. And most women indicated that having an intimate, emotionally revealing conversation, this is in the study again, with their spouse brought them closer. One woman explained that experiencing emotional closeness through conversations with her partner made her want to get closer to him physically as well. Mm. No surprise. So here's here's a quote from Lily, 26 years old. Yeah, often I think it's just like I get so ecstatic that we're ecstatic that we're on the same level. Like, I guess in my life, I never imagined that I would have such deep, meaningful connection with someone. So like. (laughs) They use like a lot. Yeah, they should interview older people. When it comes out in sort of those deep, meaningful conversations, I just feel so connected and so excited. I feel an urge to be intimate with him. Hmm. And so I'll just skip the next one for the sake of time. But basically, they're just saying that intimate communication helps women feel sexual desire. Whereas ineffective communication the researchers noted, decreased desire. So Mm -hmm. really taking that time to talk about what's important to both of you is vital. You have that incredible sort of emotional connection and it's just like you want to seal that or affirm that with the physical. Mm -hmm. And I think to throw in here, like if you want some tips on how to be more intimate through your communication, what is it? Number 108? Yes. How to create more intimacy in your marriage. Yeah. And that talks about being curious and responsive and there's some really good tips there. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Third point, okay. make a fair contribution to housework. This is a great one. I don't. <laughs> Just so you all know, folks here, this is where it's more important to be honest about the research than represent what you really want to say. But you know what? You do housework. Well, I did have a chuckle at this one because we often talk about this. So it's nice to see a study on it too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is a study from 2016 looking at data from... That's this year. Yeah, like 1,300 couples... They were trying to find associations between male partner contributions to housework and couple sexual satisfaction and frequency. Hmm, What'd they find? They found that when husbands did more housework, the couple had more sex. Hmm. And each spouse reported higher sexual satisfaction one year later. Like it was good for their marriage. Wow. Yeah. It had sort of an abiding effect. Huh. And I think this kind of goes back to number one. I'd like to hear your input on it too. But when you're invested in the relationship, And you can kind of show that by being willing to do and engage in the mundane. Yeah. And just doing caring things. And you're not just seeing your wife as a maid with benefits. Mm -hmm. I think that helps. Yeah. What do you think? Absolutely. Like, I mean, it depends what your work balance is. But I know for me, when you come in and do something that I know I'm going to be really rushed to do and it's going to leave me exhausted, it just feels like you care. Right. And then, you know what, when we climb into bed, I'm not exhausted because you picked up the slack and you did that for me right. or not picked up the slack, but covered me off or, yep. you know, just, I don't know. It's just those little things that say, I care. Yeah. And who knew that housework would do that? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of funny. That's like a Twitter quote or something right there. Who knew that housework would do that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. That's good. So... Those are three things you can try today. Be attentive, have an intimate, emotionally revealing conversation, and have it while you're doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that you'll be heading to bed a little early. Now, 
so longer term strategies, okay? Now, you want to kind of shift your relationship here. And this this is um, based on a longer, actually a series of three studies. And what I'm struggling with a little bit on this study is the terminology that they, they use obfuscates the meaning. What does that mean? Ironically, it means it makes the meaning unclear. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. That may okay. have been a deliberate use of irony. Now, so they talk about approach goals, okay? Yep. Approach goals are about pursuing good things together for fun, growth, and development. So I'm I'm approaching my spouse. I'm coming to yes. you. It's connection-oriented. It's togetherness. It's positive. Okay. Okay, so just remember the approach is positive. And then avoidance goals. And here's the thing is avoidance goals are about avoiding negative interactions or encounters and avoiding negative feelings such as conflict or rejection. Now, I can actually try to improve my marriage by avoidance goals. Right. Okay. We're trying to like... Because I'm not going to trigger you anymore. I'm not going to fight. Yes. I'm just going to keep the peace. Yes. So approach goals look like us intentionally doing things to build what we have. Avoidance goals, people say things like, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells or, you know, we're in firefighting mode all the time. So they're doing avoidance things to try to stay away from negative emotions. And that's how they're preserving their marriage. Okay. What? I think you've showed us your bias right from the get-go in that avoidance are bad. Well, that's what the research is going to tell us. I thought it was more like people were doing this as a good thing. Like people aren't purposely... They're not sabotaging the marriage. No. Right. Whereas they're more like, you know, I'm just going to try to avoid disagreements. I'm going to try and make the marriage more peaceful. I see. Yeah, well, I don't mean to sound critical. Okay. Um, let's just play this through and then you okay. tweak it as we go. Okay? okay. Keep keep an eye on that for me. So setting positive goals increases sexual desire. This is kind of where this is all going. Is that the approach goals increases sexual desire. The avoidance goals do not. Okay. 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 So when couples said things like, I'll be trying to deepen my relationship with, and, and these are, they were ticking boxes on at the end of these questions. So people didn't actually say this. Oh, okay. So these are, this is kind of stilted research language. I will be trying to deepen my relationship with my romantic partner. I will be trying to move toward growth and development with my, in my romantic relationship. So those are examples of approach goals of people working towards something better. Yeah. Avoidance goals were like, I'll be trying to avoid disagreements and conflicts. I'll be trying to make sure that nothing bad happens in my romantic relationship. Right. Okay. Okay. So what they found is that couples who identified the approach goals over the avoidance goals had greater sexual desire at the beginning of the study and having, when they had these strong approach goals, it buffered against declines in sexual desire over a six month period. Okay. So looking towards investing increased desire and maintained it. Okay. Rather than avoiding. Yep. And this association between approach goals and sexual desire was stronger for women than for men. Mm. pointing to the particular, I'm quoting here, pointing to the particular importance of goals focused on obtaining positive outcomes in romantic relationships for enhancing women's sexual desire. Okay, you kind of lost Do you need me, me to translate that? It just was a little long. If, if you have these positive approach goals, yeah. that will enhance your wife's sexual desire. Well, I think these approach goals cause greater intimacy. Yes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have just said that. Okay. Yes, you nailed it though. So, and like if you're avoiding problems, you're probably avoiding each other at some level. Oh, right? yes. Does that yep. make sense? Probably and, the emotional level. Yes. 
And if you're not connected there, of course, the amount of sexual desire between you is not going to be as high. Mm. Okay, so that was the first conclusion that they had. Now, the second one was that they noticed that the couples that set positive relationship goals that used these approach goals, they had positive sexual goals too. Okay. And let me give you examples of what this looked like. So their examples of approach sexual goals were as follows. To pursue my own sexual pleasure. You know, which is honest enough. You know, yeah. Sometimes we're in it for that, right? Mm -hmm. To feel good about myself, to please my spouse. Right now we're getting mm -hmm. a little more altruistic to promote intimacy in my relationship, to express love for my spouse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So these are approach goals. They're toward, they're positive, positive. they're building up, right? Yep. Avoidance sexual goals to avoid conflict in our relationship. So I'll have sex mm -hmm. rather than it's, it's easier than having up. a fight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To prevent my spouse from becoming upset. To prevent my spouse from getting angry at me. Like, don't pout. Yeah. Get frustrated, whatever. To prevent my spouse from losing interest in me. Right? Yeah. But you can totally see how these approach sexual goals, your positive goals, would bring you closer together. Yeah. Like, I don't know, to the to me, these avoidance ones is just kind of like doing it out of duty and your head and heart isn't there, even though your body's there. Well, it is. I'm going to flip the thing back on you from the start of this section where you were getting after me. Uh, Right? I think we should move on. <laughs> well, these people are trying to save their marriage. Yes. Yes. That's right? true. So yeah. I got no judgment for this. No. But the question is, how can you kind of shift yourself away from moving towards these things for this reason to a better set of reasons? Is that possible? Can you find a way to do that? And that's where you need to have the intimacy happening. Yes. Yeah. And this is kind of where we come to the subject of men want sex to feel connected. Women want connection to feel sexual. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that tension is a problem. I think it's brilliant. It's helpful to marriage because it should keep you from having doormat sex where you're just doing your duty mm -hmm. or, you know, it's like the ribbons you get at the school because you just ran in the race, the consolation prize. <laughs> There's no oomph there. Right. Yeah. No but, sizzle. Right. But the male side, I think, brings this valuable part to the table. It says, I want to have this huge. <laughs> just keep going. Read it out, honey. She already told me she was going to laugh at me at this part. <laughs> okay, at least wait till I'm done. So no, no male on earth says this, okay? But this is what's happening. <laughs> I don't even feel like I can read this out loud now. But there's, at some level, subconsciously. Just read it. There, <laughs> I feel like I can't now because you're going to make fun of me. I'm embarrassed. They want to have this huge endorphin rush, which is this powerful bonding mechanism in the brain, right? So men have, thank you for trying to suppress your laughter. I can see it all over your face. The highest level of oxytocin in the male brain is mm -hmm. after an orgasm. Mm -hmm. That's the bonding chemical in the brain. Mm -hmm. And you can make fun of that, but it's going on, baby. I have, I have no doubt that it's going on. But Caleb, like the male side also brings this valuable part to the table that says, I want to have this huge endorphin rush with you, which is a powerful bonding mechanism in the brain. Wow. <laughs> if you actually thought this in bed with me, <laughs> like, really? <laughs> well, I don't. Or if I do, I certainly know I should never admit it. <laughs> you uh, might get laughed Yeah, I'm going to stuff that one back in the closet. <laughs> okay. Okay, but I think it's good, you know, that... that Maybe you could pull a pine out of this because I've forgotten that it. That motivation is there. I'm too ashamed to try to bring it out. <laughs> to want that connection. Yeah, right. That's where we were going. So it's a brilliant tension you're talking about. Thank you. So genuine, too, on your part. <laughs> 
Caleb. I think we should move on. Okay. So well, think about the sexual goals here. This is what we want to challenge our listeners to do. Mm-hmm. And leave a nasty review on iTunes for my wife, please. <laughs> I would really appreciate that. But think about your sexual goals. Are you driven by duty or are you just doing this to keep him happy mm-hmm. or to keep him interested? And I get that, but that's kind of sad. Yeah. Right? And this is where I want to call on husbands and wives to say, like, what about really sort of investing in and moving towards these approach goals that bring positivity into the sexual relationship you have? Mm-hmm. So you're doing these things for good reasons. Okay. So in their third study that these guys were looking at, I don't know if they're guys, these people, they looked at the impact of positive and negative relationship events. Like you had a fight is a negative one, or you went out for dinner might be a positive one. Or your wife laughed at you on a podcast recording might be a negative one. <laughs> oh, no, that's a positive one. <laughs> we'll let the reviews determine. So, but I think this is good because even though these are longer term strategies, it helps put it into the here and now and reminds us that we need to kindle the love and we need to keep throwing wood on the fire, right? Mm-hmm. So examples of positive relationship events were like, uh, he told me that he loves me. We participated in an activity that I really enjoy. During a discussion, I felt understood She did something that made me feel wanted. He and I did something fun together. She did something special for me. Those are positive relationship events. Mm. She made me laugh. Uh, He made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Laugh at. He complimented me. It's laugh with. I was laughing with you. I'm sure you were. (laughs) And then negative relationship events were like, if there was a disagreement or there was a time when a moment when my spouse was inattentive and unresponsive to me, he tried to control what I did. We had a major disagreement. She made me question her commitment to me. He criticized me. Mm-hmm. She went out with friends instead of spending time with me. Those kinds of things. Okay. Now. So these are relationship events. These aren't goals anymore. No, these are relationship events. So okay. if there's good things going on or bad things, what, what the deal is, is they found that if you had approach goals, okay, so that's mm-hmm. the positive building up goals for your marriage and you add to that positive events, Positive goals plus positive events equals greater sexual desire. Okay. That's the formula. That's pretty good. So if you're trying to do well with your relationship and you enjoy the day, you're just going to want to consummate that. Like it's like a positive cycle in your marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's another cool part here too. And this is, it's a little hard to phrase. So just follow me carefully and feel free to make fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) But individuals with these strong approach goals had less of a decrease in desire on days when they had many negative events than individuals with weak approach goals. Okay. So, which speaks to a buffer. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So if you're invested in your relationship and you're making your intimacy a positive experience, even on days when life goes south on you or you both get your ugly on, you can still often, more often, recover and reconnect. Mm -hmm. And certainly have a much better chance of doing that than if you don't have this serious commitment to approach goals, to building your marriage up. Building, yeah, and growing closer together. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. So I think we've done what we set out to do at the start, which is, like our title is why you're not getting enough sex and what to do about it. Yeah. And we didn't go down the sleazy road of showing you buttons to turn your spouse on with, but we're saying, you know what? Take care of your marriage. It's the heart. The relationship. Yes. Yeah. The heart connection. Yeah. And the rest will follow. I mean, the head is in there too, the heart and the head. Yeah. Okay. Now we have a a downloadable, printable one-page poster you can put on your fridge. It goes beautifully with this episode. It's called Nine Ways to Increase Sexual Desire Through Positivity. I can just imagine if we put that on our fridge. (laughs) 
Like our teenage kids would be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Let's have the youth group over tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why, why isn't she coming out of her bedroom? (laughs) Okay. And like I said, yeah, I'm sure the kids would be thrilled if you post it on the fridge, but if you don't have kids or maybe you have a fridge in your bedroom, never mind. Anyways, you can get this by opening your browser to oif.link slash 110 or by texting the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Message and data rates may apply. Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse or you can find this bonus on our website at oif.link slash 110. Just scroll down to the page. Look for the gray box with the orange button. We had Mm -hmm. a review. Do you want to do it? Woohoo! Yep. This is from TJ Olson 88. Says five stars. Wonderful. I love this show. I randomly found this show the other day looking for something totally different. (laughs) She found something totally different. But I've been listening ever since. I enjoy how practice and useful the things they discuss are. I'm married and I'm currently in grad school to become a marriage counselor. So this has become such a great resource for not only my marriage, but my career as well. Thanks for the great content. Keep it up. That's awesome. Yeah. We're glad you're listening and we're glad you're becoming a marriage counselor. Yippers. We need all those we can get. So if you'd like to get involved in our awesome mission to help save marriages through this podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through the podcast, and we can't do that without your help. And for even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. So please go to oyf.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. Once again, that URL is oyf.link slash give. And next week, we're going to be talking about what to do if you think your marriage might be too far gone to recover it. Mm, That's a hard place to be. Yeah. We hope you don't need that episode, but if you do, we hope it's helpful for you. Yeah. All right. So? I went back to a traditional close here. Oh, good. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 110-110. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.